let me chime in let's just so folks kind of and don't worry no y'all i'm not 420 and back here this is just my incense i got going so you know just so folks not seeing you know i'm, I'm not down with the weed out because but i like you young guys i love for you young guys to smoke y'all keep smoking because us old men that don't smoke and they're on trt <laughs> yeah we yeah thank you you helping us out quite a bit but anyway just to go ahead and explain to everybody on the significance of what you said about that teacher that year um that particular week like you said we had a substitute teacher come in and the whole class just gave her the riot act i mean nobody was listening and every class she came in day in day out and I can't remember why she had to stay with us for so long, but she ended up being our teacher for like the rest of the semester and almost everybody got failed. And me being the biggest nerd in the world there, and we'll get to uh, the square pegs later on, but me being nerd, I think I ended up getting like a C or something. And because of that, I was able to be homecoming king. And when one day when I tell my story, you realize how traumatizing that was to be homecoming king only because you were the only one that got a grade and it wasn't as bad as everybody else's. But you know, that's why it was such a thing because one thing about you, you always got good grades despite the mischief that you might have been involved in. Um, well, let me, let me back, chime What in. do you think? All right, go ahead. Because actually you reminded me of something that I actually I could say kind of did prob probably shape my persona. <clears throat> if you recall, when we were going through school back in those days, uh, classrooms were kind of divided based off of merit. Mm -hmm. So you kind of you kind of had a, I, I, I don't know, you call it an A group, B group, and C group, where A group would have been the academically superior students the B group would have been, you know, the standard students and the C group would have been students that were kind of, you know, kind of behind and needed additional assistance. I don't know if you remember that. Mm -hmm. uh, so what happened with me, and this is something that I kind of have done throughout my life, and maybe it's not necessarily a good thing, but I may have been at one point I was in the academically superior group. But then I realized that I could provide more assistance to the B and C group <laughs> if I wrote down all the answers and then sold them. <laughs> what an entrepreneurial spirit you I, have. I mean, hey, look, look, I'm trying to make sure we all come up because I don't want nobody <laughs> else. I, no student left behind. That's, that was my go. mantra. I just, I just didn't know. <laughs> That makes sense. That makes sense. But, like and, that. And, 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 and so that's what I used to do. And, and and so a lot of times I would dumb myself down in order to be in a mediocre group in the 80 percentile, you know, the 80 percent. But, mm -hmm. you know, even though I was working, because the thing about it is I was helping the A group as well as the C group at that time, you know, uh, especially those, like I said, those later years. But uh, and that's kind of been something I've done my entire life is kind of hanging up. You know, you know, you know, my 10, 80, 10 rule uh, when within any group of anything, 80% uh, is the socially accepted norm. There's going to be 10% to the left and there's going to be 10% to the right. That, that, that's with, that's with anything. Um, that's with anything. Or take these headphones, for example, these headphones are designed to fit 80% of people. That's true. There are going to be 10% of people whose ears are so damn big, these headphones will not work. And there's going to be 10% of people who have ears so damn small, these headphones won't work. So, you know, uh, that, that's the 10-8-10 rule, and that applies to everything. 
So I kind of like try to stay in the middle so I can help both A, B, and C. And that's, I, I think presentation kind of did define my persona that way. Well, why do you think that was? Because one of the interesting parts about you looking back growing up is that if I compare you to some of my other friends now, I compare you to, you know, our boy Robert that passed away uh, seven years ago. And, you know, Robert was one of the ones that really was the glue to us even staying together over the years um, in some way, shape or form. Um, and he played such a pivotal role. But the one thing I had in common with Robert was both of our families. Number one, we all, you know, it was multiple children in the family. And number two, we were all, I won't say we were poor, but our family seemed to, you know, they struggled more financially. But you could have been that type of dude that hung out with the kids that, you know, money wasn't as much of an option. You know, quick thing about Detroit, back when we go back into the 70s and 80s, it's like anything else, even prior to integration. Black folks that had money lived on your block, black folks that didn't have money lived on your block. Um, even though we didn't have much money, my neighbors had uh, Eldorado and a Corvette, and then my neighbor on the other side had an Eldorado. So that wasn't, they might've made a lot more to parent income, whatever. You seem to be able to fall into that economic category because you know, at our private school, if you had a little eyes eye alligator on your sweater or you had the polo horse, you ain't like Flynn, but yet you seem to always kind of gravitate for those who, like you said, even not even just academically, you always seem to gravitate for those who are not, I won't say at your level, but for those you could easily be like, no, I'm gonna hang with y'all because I don't want to hang with y'all. Y'all not as high as me. Why do you think that was, especially with you being the only child? Well, <clears throat> I think for me growing up, I, I won't say that we're, we're, we're well, we were well off. Uh, I just knew that from my perspective, there was never ever a, a, a want, you know, mm. uh, everything I, I, everything that I needed, you know, it was provided. Uh, <clears throat> my problem is I would not ask because I don't want to be obligated, even as a young child. And you know, and I've always been that way. So remind me to come back and tell you about the one time my dad got mad at me about my shoes, but I'm, I'm gonna go back to school there for a second. Um, I think probably one of the, the key factors influencing me, there actually there were two things, <clears throat> two significant events. Uh, one was Norhurst and the other was the, the math the math competition. Mm -hmm. um, so for whatever reason, you know, uh, Nora was, came from presumably the, uh, an impoverished family. So all the other girls used to pick on her. And for whatever reason, uh, she and I got labeled as uh, Jeff and Nora were kissing in the bushes or something like that, you know, and then that push, kind of stuff. Push in the bush. I remember push, push, it very well. Push, 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 <laughs> push in the bush. Um, and I, I, I always felt bad for her just because everybody used to pick on her. I mean, pick on her specifically, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, I mean, we, 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 you know, we, kids are kids. We're real brutal. Um, but I don't know. Like I said, she used to get picked on. Me and her got tied together for whatever reason. 
but uh, yeah. The second thing <clears throat> of significance was that A group that I was talking about got selected to go to Michigan State, or actually it was a U of M, for a, a math competition, a state math competition. And so we had like a week worth of, you know, a week worth of training, uh, extra credit, you know, after school, whatever, you know, just to, to get us up to speed. So we go to this competition and we're in this like huge auditorium and there's like hundreds of tables, you know, like I said, there's all, you know, students from all across the state, teams from all across the state. And I think there were five, it was like me, Kelly White, um, me, Kelly White, I want to say Nicole Webb. Uh, there are two other people that I, I can't recall. One it was it was I don't just remember it was three girls and two guys. Anyway, we go to this competition and they hand out you know the the exams if you will, and we're trying to figure. And this stuff is above our I mean, pew, like so far above our head. We have no clue. We are out of our league. So immediately, you know, and, I, and so we finished the exam, you know, the test, whatever, the competition, uh, all the tests and stuff are graded. And I'm talking to other students. And they're like, yeah, we knew about this like four months ago and we've been practicing ever since. And I'm like, what? Like we had a week, mm. you know? So right then and there, I, that was my first life ain't fair kind of mm. event, right? So we're going through the thing and then they're announcing the scores. And so, you know, some team from, I don't know, Gross Point Woods or something won. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, so everybody's socializing. And then, I I don't know why I remember this. Uh, the facilitator's like, oh, uh, by the way, uh, somebody lost a calculator. And it was the one of the kids from Gross Point Woods. Ooh. It was his calculator. So I'm thinking, hold up. How can the dude, the team that won, had use of a calculator? Because we weren't able to use calculators when we did math back in those we, days. No, we had to use it. The, <laughs> the only thing we could use was an abacus, you know. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> that, that's not it. That's, that's right. And if you took your shoe off, you were cheating, you know. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. So, so anyway, that was really my first. And then, like I said, the fact that I remember that in that much detail uh, means it was significant to me in terms of being mm -hmm. fair, uh, being fairly treated or being held to the same standards. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that's the reason why standards for me were kind of important to treat people the same. You know, everybody, especially in a, in a, when somebody's being evaluated or judged, Everybody needs to be held to the same standard. Wow. And, and we don't do that, you know, you know. I mean, that, that, that's not life. Uh, life was some people are going to get four months, some people are going to get one week, and other people are going to be able to use calculators. That That's mm. life. But uh, I, I believe in standards, so. That's interesting. That's that's very interesting. I know, I know we're going to come back to that. But it's, it goes to something I heard a, a pastor say one time, and this was around the time where 
you know, you had Trayvon Martin and Mike Brown and everything. And, you know, I was going in, going off about the situation, how people in the church just didn't care, white folks just didn't care, et cetera. And he did make a point to me that I had to concede. It wasn't so much a, an excuse, but he said, you know, over the years I found that some people have a true sense for justice. And that's like their gift, that in every situation, they feel like there, there should be justice that comes out of this. And he was like, he's learned that not everyone has that. I think you definitely have always had that kind of sense for justice. Or like you say, you notice something's not fair. And the key is, I think what makes you different than many others, what can I do about Because I think other people do notice, it, well, you have that percentage that may notice something's not fair. <laughs> but then they just kind of like, oh, oh, well, sucks for them. <laughs> I'm benefiting. But it seems like when you notice something isn't fair, you want to go ahead and do something about it. Interesting. I think we're going to, I think that's going to come back up again.